It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, February 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that, despite it all, had a really good time at the stadium series. It was fun. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Lockdown Flyers on Instagram threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LockedOnNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Russ, I, I say it was fun and a good time despite how the game turned out. First off, um, we got to hang out and see yep. the game together. Which yeah, that was cool. nice. Always a good time um, up in the press box. But uh, for the game itself, we will get into first and then get to the other stuff around the day. Torch chose to go with the 11-7 again for this one. Although um, I think it was really nice just given tradition and and the outdoor game and such. You know, Ali Lixel got to skate in the warm-ups just to give him the given the experience, but, you know, Tyson Forster is still out. Risto is still out. So Delorier was in as well. And uh, Zamula was the extra defenseman here. And I think, you know, as you and I were talking about it during the game, the main thing was that the Flyers did not adjust to the circumstances of playing outdoors, you know, in terms of what their usual sport checking style is. Um, as opposed to what's going to work outside, right? Yeah, the there really weren't many adjustments other than after they were overly aggressive on the first goal, like, hey, don't do that. It's like, but it's like a little kid. It's like if you have certain rules in your house and you say, you know, don't touch the stove and all of a sudden, you know, actually I should say it the other way around, you let the kid touch the stove and then all of a sudden you yell at them for touching the stove. It's like, the, you know, the kid doesn't know. So like, you know, that first goal with the Flyers, you know, post game, you know, John's like, yeah, they were overly aggressive. It's like, but you like them overly aggressive. Like, that's where I felt like the game plan was lost. And then, you know, fast forward, we found out from Travis Connecting that he said we, we didn't change the game plan. We played our, our same style. And it's like, yeah, that's not what you do in an outdoor game. Right. And, you know, the, the reason why you don't do it in the outdoor game, and we talked about this in the game preview, is the ice surface is a right. lot different. There's going to yeah. be weird bounces. Yep. It's boards you're not used to. Yep. Uh, it's, you know, it's the crowd. It's everything. Right. Yep. So you have to be a little bit more conservative. And, uh, you know, you look at the Flyers getting all those scoring chances. Well, they didn't go in. And if you look at kind of the, the heat map, it's not just like a lack of finish. This was a, a strategic failure here. 
It was. Right? There's a difference. Because there's been some times where the Flyers just haven't had finish. I don't necessarily think that that was the issue here. It was it was the game plan. Because you look at the heat map for the Flyers. And you look at the heat map for the Devils. In terms of where they were getting their shots from. The Devils have this big red dot in front of the net. Because they were trying to get garbage goals. Right. Which is what you do in these outdoor games. Whereas the Flyers were shooting from all over the place. And you're right. And to set up those garbage goals. They were getting around the Flyers' defense. You know, Jesper Bratt mm-hmm. got around Drysdale. Uh, Timo Meyer had that prime scoring chance by going around the net, getting around the defense. The Flyers needed like nine defensemen because the ones they had couldn't cover the speedy Devils forwards, and that was a big problem. And that's where that's why you can't blame the game on Sam Erson because he stopped a lot of point blank chances. I mean, especially early on. There's no worst thing for a young goalie than early on is to face all that pressure right away started the game when it's something new and it was exactly like the Leafs game right it was a blue it was a blueprint yeah I I absolutely agree and you know the the Flyers you know were getting shots or at attempts but they weren't scoring chances necessarily and you look at the numbers the way it evened out you know, as the game went on, um, not just in the shot total, but you, you know, you look at the scoring chances total and it was pretty even. And so I just, I don't think that this strategy was the one that was going to work in this game. And, and it, it bore out that way. I, I think that the other key thing is that this strategy wasn't going to work with the 11 seven setup when right. you have guys banged up. Because right. you look at Sean Couturier and he had limited ice time in this game. Yes. Now he was taking key faceoffs um, as as he should, but it, you know he needs to play more minutes if you're going to play this style where you have a few, one fewer forward. So right. you have Travis Konechny with the most minutes in the game, yeah, over defensemen, right? And yep. that that's upside down, and you could tell. The, the third period, he was just gassed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in post-game, you know, he, you could see he was tired and frustrated. Um, I give him credit for, you know, not really showing it very, but you could tell. I, we've covered him long enough. So, yeah, I mean, those things, and it's it's just, there was no lack of effort. It was just a matter of, mm-hmm. you knew the Devils were going to be desperate, and they were. You knew that the Devils we're going to, you know, in a way, the 11 seven to me made it a little easier for the devils because, you know, we had, I had talked to you about it when, before the game was starting, I'm like, if I were them, I would play that top four a lot. This way, the flyers top four has to play a lot and just tire them out. And I think that's exactly what happened because even, and, and, and this is the part where I don't think John gives credit to mental exhaustion because he was like, hey, we were coming back, but then we had these penalties. Well, those penalties are from, like, mentally being exhausted. You're a little tired physically. All of a sudden, mentally, you're, you know, you're, you're, you, you know, your stick's not exactly where it's supposed to be. You know, those are mental errors, too. And so I, I think that's a part of it. That was a part of the those penalties that took away from, like, a power play or this or that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you you bring up that Torts talked about those penalties. He did, and he knew they were a problem. Yes. And were going to cause them trouble. Now, luckily, the Flyers' penalty kill is so good. You know, they were five for five in this game, and they looked pretty good out there yeah. killing the penalties. He felt like, like it robbed them of any kind of, like, um, momentum. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that, you know... I, as frustrated and as short as John Tortorella has been recently, uh, post game, he was very forthcoming he was. At, uh, in, in terms of, you know, what went wrong in, in this game. And, um, I just think that now there's a need to learn from that and figure out a way to, to not make those mistakes again. And if you are going to continue down this path of 11, seven more often than not, in your game plan, you have to figure out how to account for forward fatigue and inconsistent yeah. defense, because that has been, now we have like clear evidence that that is the result of it over several games. It's not just this right. one game. It's, it's a string of games where you see what the downside to it is. Yeah. No, no question about it. And I think that's something where like, again, are they just going to, you know, Against Chicago, you can match up whoever is in your forward group against that team because they're not the greatest team. But you go 11-7, and they may try the same thing. They may try and burn out the top the top six, and Bedard might be able to do that. But, again, there's no reason to go 11-7 against a team like Chicago. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, so I, I think that is something we will look ahead to and see if if anything changes on that front. But uh, there is more to talk about with this game and then with just the stadium series and MetLife and the environment yeah. overall. Um, a really, really good event put on by the league this weekend. And we will do that coming up next. Our sponsor today is Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's gifts of tickets to the game not go over well as you'd hoped? Well, maybe if it was a stadium series. Uh, get the couples and family online seminar for 25% off the month of February using the discount code locked on. Again, that's the discount code locked on for 25% off the rest of the month at www.caminoconsulting.ca uh, or mention locked on when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. On tomorrow's show, we'll have a bit of an abbreviated Phantoms Tuesday because they did only have the one game, which did not go well for them. Spoiler alert. You already, you already, you already gave it up. <laughs> but uh, No, I think it, it's a good opportunity to do a deep dive it on uh, some of our top prospects with the Phantoms, uh, given the very likelihood that they will not make the playoffs. And so what do yeah. we do with the rest of this season? Yeah. I do there? get asked a lot, which ones should be called up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good time for that conversation. Plus later in the week, we'll answer your mailbag questions. So get those in. You can email us at lockdownflyers at Gmail, send us a message on Twitter or comment on our YouTube channel. 
so I, I want to talk a little bit before we get into the atmosphere of it all. You know, the early goalie pull at the end of the game. I think that I understand why he did it because, you know, it's a big game, big stage. You want to give your team an opportunity to win. But in my opinion, if you look at what had transpired in the game thus far, the Flyers were getting a lot of scoring chances at five on five. They were having a successful penalty kill. Like, I think they were still going to get those scoring chances at five on five without pulling the goalie and having to be even more conservative defensively instead of putting guns ablazing, you know, with all five players out there. Maybe you do a four forward, one defenseman, right. five on five, and right. just do something like that in this environment with that ice. Yeah, I, I just felt like the goalie pull was a harbinger of doom. Right. That's, that's, that's a great way to say it. Yeah, I think a different look could have fouled them up for sure. Um, again, I was thinking about it walking out. The percentages, and, and again, I'm going to lower it for the Flyers because I give Rocky Thompson a vote of no confidence anytime I see the six on five. But I would think six on five, you're down by a goal. I would think chances are probably like 20%, maybe, maybe 20 that you that you come back. When you're two down, I'm going to guess the chances yeah. are like two or three percent. And it creates a yeah. lot of stress on the players who already are getting gassed in this game because you're going 11 seven. That's that's my whole problem with with the whole setup. Yeah, I think that's a absolutely fair point. And yeah, I just think you're right. The chances are so low that it's going to work and you're not putting your forwards in the best position to score when there is that defensive mindset in terms of getting back and preventing the empty netter. And I know Um, there's an easy, you know, like, and Torrello brought it up like, Hey, Lawton had an open net. Okay. But that still was only making it five, four, like it wasn't tying the game. Right. And I, and I think that if, yeah, if they were only down one goal, sure. Give it a shot, but down two, it, to me, it just didn't make sense. And I think they would have had a better opportunity with a different look. Yeah, and like you could have waited till a minute left and done it then. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, the Flyers have the day off today, and they're not playing Chicago until Wednesday. So they do have you know time to recharge and, and reset. Uh, we'll talk about that game on Wednesday as uh, that's the day it is being played. In the meantime, like, I got to say, they did such a great job at MetLife with this event. Like everything was just so well done. It seemed really well organized. Um, the atmosphere was great. And the fact that they've, you know, they had to turn it over to be Islanders Rangers on right. Sunday. I think, you know, given the complexity of, of all that, it, it was just a really high, high class event by the league. Yeah, no question. And players really liked it. Like, you know, we didn't give much credit here to Owen Tippett. He had a really good game. But he also talked about, you know, the ice and the event. And there was a lot of attention to detail. I thought the lighting was the best I'd ever seen at any stadium. So, and I I know there's some new lighting techniques out there. And I kind of wonder if MetLife has employed that. Um, I threw that question out there. No one could seemingly answer it. But it was unbelievable. I mean, it was like, it was like a day game at night. It was, it was stupendous. So you had that, um, you know, you had the, those other ranks where you had gritty and, and then NJ devil just throwing a football around, which is hilarious. 
<laughs> well, I thought the best part of that was when they each had a cake and threw it at a rainbow yeah, fan. But, they did that too. You know? That was funny. So that was, you know, that was a good gag. But, um, you know, between the staff that works there, even getting out, just the getting out of 70,000 people um, is never an easy task. And I felt like they handled that well. Like everything was really was top notch. And that was just day one. Like they have another day to do it. And you're right. It's like all those fans. And it's like, look, you could say whatever you want. I know I see things online with maybe uh, some tickets being given away and blah, 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 blah. End of the day, they're going to cram in over 140,000 fans in that stadium. They still had to show up and, and a lot of them did pay yeah. good money. And so with that, I still don't want to hear that outdoor games are getting passe because it really is just a celebration of hockey. And we all felt that way. Even the reporters felt that way. We all get to see each other. You see people you haven't seen in a while. It, it's a great big get together and a celebration of the game. And it's not really a celebration of the NHL. It's really the game because it does make you think about when you played hockey as a kid and all these other things and the players feel it. And, you know, we used to, as media, get to see some of the um, up close, some of the players with their families. But you go look online where the team PR departments took pictures of the players skating with their kids and everything else. That is a big deal for them in the middle of a season when sometimes, you know, they're not seeing them very much. So I, I think people should always think about that, too. You got to think about the players, too. You know, Nick Sealer talked about it the day before. God bless him. He scored a goal in an outdoor yeah, game. I mean, like, I, and I had a question mark. I'm like, Nick Sealer scored a goal his first of the year in an outdoor game. You know he's got like, the what puck. What a day for him. Right. You know he's got the puck for that. You know he's always going to remember that. Those are the kinds of things that outdoor you know, games and moments happen. And it's great. And those things are great. Yeah, absolutely. And just like, I mean, I will say, other than setting up the field area as like uh -huh. a quote unquote park like uh -huh. with people like had dogs running around and like yeah. there was like somebody pushing a stroll around that was weird i gotta say but like other than that everything else was top notch um yeah. and and looked great um, well, they're gonna make it look like new york for the second one and, and city field did a pretty yeah. good job of that because they had real taxis on the field and things yeah. like that. So it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do for this one. But I, I thought, you know, it was, it was very cold. Let's be yeah, real. Oh, it was no, very no. cold. Was, I, I spoke to someone who was on the field and they were like, it's really cold out there. Yeah. But I think that it didn't feel cold in terms of the environment. Um, you know, as much as it pained me to hear that song, I think it was really cool to to have the Gaslight Anthem play the goal song live. It was, and I know people end. didn't want to hear it five times, but... No, <laughs> was, no, did not. But it was cool. But, like, imagine if every game was like that. Like, that's a cool thing. Right, and, you know, the Jonas Brothers did, like... I feel like I went to a Jonas Brothers concert. Like, yeah, I, I mean... I they only did saw an them. hour before the game. Right. They did an hour before the game. And then they did like a couple more songs later. So, you know, you probably got, you know, like, I don't know. It was probably like seven songs or something. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And they seem to be super into it. Um, it was really, really smart of them to not sell the seats behind the yes. stage and just make it more of a concert feel. Yep. yep. They had some um, great lighting and stuff there. 
yeah like the flames shooting up that yep. was really that was really neat and yeah i just think you know oh and the even just like the player walk-ins were fun with the yes. flyers wearing rocky attire and the devils yeah. wearing sopranos attire and you know uh, and i thought the jerseys looked great they did not look great i thought they were fine but they every weren't... jersey looked 10 times better on the ice yeah it's really absolutely true. Absolutely. I loved how it looked on the ice and in yeah. the, the gameplay. So I think, you know, e even if you're a Flyers fan, there was a lot of fun to be had there. Yeah. And and I appreciate the efforts that went on to put that event together and make it feel like a, a Flyers Devils game. And if nothing else, I think the Flyers Devils rivalry took it up a notch. Yeah, I do too. And, and complete organizations were there. Like everybody was there from the Devils. You saw Martin Brodeur. You saw all their management. You saw Keith Jones and, and, and Dan Hilferty. You know, everybody was there. They were all having fun regardless of the results. Uh, it was just one of those days. Now, what I found amusing was, um, you know, John Tortorella didn't want to do the math, but that's what we're here for, John. We'll do the math for you to let you know how the race is tightening up. <laughs> but that was that was a funny moment like that. That made me laugh. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to be back to business. And the second half of the season is a real grind. And like some people were trying to quote like first half of the season stats to me. And I'll be honest, it went one ear out the other because the second half of the season is a different animal. Teams yep. are more banged up situations are different teams have acquired players it all changes so a lot of those stats don't match up to me yeah i think you know again good chance to reset and yep. look at the map ahead for the rest of the season and i think john tortorella is very focused on that as he said post game and uh on to the next one in the meantime it is monday so we will have our nemesis of the week coming up next like I just said, it is an important point in the season, and this team is in the thick of the playoff hunt. But regardless of where the Flyers are in the standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. You can also play Daily Fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. All you got to do is pick whether NHL superstars like Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby or Austin Matthews, who's on a heater with hat tricks to go go, uh, plus your Flyers all stars like Travis Konechny, uh, if they'll record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you have to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, you can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail those picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. 
Russ, before we get into our nemesis of the week, I just want to call your attention to a fundraising event for Rowan University, which is in South Jersey and uh, formerly Glassboro State. And, you know, a, a very small local college that not a lot of people outside the area know about, but uh, they have a women's hockey club program that's ACHA Division Two right now that they're trying to grow um, and get into a bigger program and then maybe move up to, D, D, uh, you know, ACHA yeah. top tier. And then, you know, I, I think one of the things that the area has been lacking is a really good college hockey um, in the local immediate Philadelphia area. And this women's hockey program at Rowan um, has the opportunity to grow and they're doing their annual day of giving for the university as a whole, you can give directly to the uh, women's hockey program there. And I'm putting a link in the show notes to the day of giving. There's a couple drop downs in the area of giving, you select Rowan Sport Clubs. And in the fund, you select women's ice hockey. And let's just throw them a bone, you know, even if it can cover a bus ride for them eventually in the long run or, you know, an extra couple of sticks or ice time or whatever. Um, I think it'd be great to help support these uh, women in their goal to continue playing hockey in college. And it'd be a lot of fun. The official day is Thursday, but you can start giving today again, link in the show notes and we'll mention it again later in the week. Uh, In the meantime, Last week, we talked about the nemesis being stepping up onto this big stage of the stadium series game, which we just had. And for me, I think moving forward now, it's staying calm about everything until the trade deadline and seeing where things come out in the wash. Because I think that, you know, we are unexpectedly in this position of caring about the playoff race that we did not expect to be in at the beginning of the season. And I think that in some ways, John Tortorella is right. We can't get hung up on the day-to-day. A loss is a loss and and you move on. And given the fun money and the bonus time we've been dealing with this season, I I just want to enjoy the ride and just stay calm. And then we'll see where things come out after the trade deadline and go from there. If it was only that simple and listen, this is that. We are reminding ourselves to do this at every opportunity. I'm not saying we'll be able to do it. I'm saying this is my nemesis is being able to do it. Nope, that's fair. Um, I'm going to bring up Sean McDonough. He he received quite a uh, bad review of of this game, and I don't blame ESPN for this. I just think Sean does a good job of calling a game, but let's face it, hockey's not his forte. And and I think people miss Doc Emmerich, and I think that's fair. And there's not many guys that can match up to that. But I think people were feeling like there was just too much chatter, maybe not as much passion, and and from his end, and it's it, it comes off a little bland. And I just you know I felt that way. I felt like he uh, hearing what we heard, it was kind of like there was a lot of like yeah, I want to almost say nonsensical talk almost like you know you had like norm from cheers doing it and he was not norm um the postman from cheers doing it and he was giving you cliff and cliff was like giving you his you know his little bites of little bits of information that 
probably you didn't care about if you were a, a, either fan of either team. Too much talk about uh, the past and Carter Hart and things like that. Things that like the Flyers have clearly moved on from. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. And I think a lot of fans weren't either. And, you know, I just, you know, that was my feeling on that. Yeah. I think, you know, when you have a national game and you have different broadcasters, it's always an adjustment. Um, but you do want to feel like these broadcasters at least have done a baseline amount of research to know like what fans of both teams are expecting. And uh, I'd be curious to see what a devil's fan would have said about the broadcast as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tough assignment. It is it absolutely is. a tough assignment, but I can, I can see where, you know, you don't want to dwell on those things that we've already kind of processed and moved on from right. either. It's so, almost like, I mean, why are you opening that, that wound back up for fans? Right. Well, especially because the devils also had players in that right. situation. So I, I think we all kind of want to, let that process take its course and yeah. have it not affect what's going on on the ice. Um, in the meantime, uh, I did say this earlier, the Flyers have the day off today and we'll be back at it uh, tomorrow. They face the Blackhawks, the Pens and Rangers this week. So it is a tough week ahead, if not um, as busy as it has been as of late uh, so we'll we'll be back at it as well, talking about our Phantoms prospects tomorrow. By the way, you know, with with the Pens, uh, former flyer Yamir Yager got his number retired, which is great. He did. Yeah. And he's still playing. <laughs> the guy's still playing. It's oh, magical. I love that man. Anyway, <laughs> as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at our Miriam. That's our M-I-R-I-A-N. I'm Russell Matt Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.